He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Friday, May 27, 2022. I hope you had a great week and I hope you're ready for a big goddamn weekend. I've seen in the last 36 hours so many people that I love so dearly and encourage you to catch your breath, rub your eyes this weekend and say, I'm just going to go hang out with the people that make me feel the best about myself. Wasn't intentional. I mean, <laughs> I guess it was. I, I flew to Southern California where I have a lot of friends and family. But I'm exhausted and half-buzzed and I've spent so much time around people that I just dig more than most and they people that make me feel good. So I encourage you to do that this weekend. And I made it. <laughs> we made it. We made it to Southern California. It's late, late Thursday night. And we flew on Tuesday. We flew the day the last podcast came out. So we've been here for, this is our third night. <clears throat> and you might want to know, by the way, let me shout out our newest sponsor of the podcast. It's Oreos. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of messages, a few emails, a couple text messages about my... Uh, <laughs> six years after the fact commentary on Hydrox Hydrox uh, a cookie I will never eat again never eat Hydrox never eat cookies bullshit you'll eat them all anyway I stand with any cookie that is opposed to Hydrox okay and I especially stand with a cookie like Oreo that is not trying to be the crunchiest hardest goddamn cookie out there so we're not necessarily sponsored by oreo yet or nomad hens or alligator pear but you know what's gonna all happen when yuca teca hot sauce the habanero one <laughs> i also have eaten almost exclusively mexican food out here and i've gained so much weight <clears throat> but we flew out on tuesday and California's crazy. It's beautiful, and it's crowded, and gas costs $6.35. And apparently it's been more expensive than that. But it, where I live in the city of Atlanta, and I don't have to drive that much every day, I get gas every three weeks. Honestly, I get gas like something like every three weeks. And I know it starts with a three, it's pretty jarring to the eye to see a, a gas sign that says 635. Just looks unusual. Like, is that one upside down? Bro, we did too much mescaline before we hung the sign. But in California, the signs are finally digital. We flew out on Tuesday. You want to know how the trip was? I'll tell you how the trip was. How many podcasts... How many episodes of this podcast have you listened to where I've taken plane trips and I've talked about traveling with a toddler and I talk about how you must be realistic in your expectations of how a three-year-old can handle a trip through an airport, boarding an airplane, climbing to high altitudes and landing in another city. 
It's a lot for most of us traveling by air. The amount of disrespect and disregard that the aviation system treats us with, and (laughs) make no mistake, people treat the aviation system with in return. And really, who drew first blood? Was it the maniacs not wearing masks, getting shit-faced on planes, fighting flight attendants who drew first blood? Or was it the greedy airlines that have compressed every... Imagine being a fucking fat person and trying to take a pee in a bathroom. And forget about the way I described that. Imagine being a person who's overweight. Imagine being a normal American-sized person trying to fit into a goddamn airplane bathroom. Or walk down the aisle. Or sit in the chair. In regular comfort. Not basic comfort or economy comfort. Just regular. Who drew first blood? That's a, that's a great question. Is it a great question if I ask it? I'm just saying. The airlines make it so hard to like them. There are people that they, of course, put on the front lines. Flight attendants who have to deal with all of our bullshit. But the conditions really are created by the corporate greed. Okay, and who drew first blood? Okay, you if you've learned anything in this podcast and <laughs> listening to it, you know I'm a big believer in you cannot make the effect the cause. So, yeah, people act like assholes on planes, but it's also like flying in a sardine can. All right. Anyway, that aside, with a three-year-old, you have to be realistic. This is a kid who likes to party. She likes to move around, stretch her legs, meet people, run around, be in control. Agency. It's what toddlers do. So, I said, how many times have you heard me talk about airline airline uh, trips on this podcast? And the answer is probably, well, a lot. But most recently, as a toddler, I think I've talked about four or five trips and what I've said numerous times in managing my expectations is I expect the security line to be relatively paced right and I've told you that you know okay maybe you budget 30 minutes for snaking through security and it keeps moving and it's like hey girl keep going what you don't budget for is somebody you know packing a gun in their suitcase And it going off or setting off security and then you have to be there in the security line for another hour and a half. Because a toddler is not going to understand that, not going to take a deep breath. And as a matter of fact, most adults don't do that. Similarly, when you board the airliner, what this called, she likes to say that when we go through the jetway. What this called? Because she knows it's not the plane and she knows it's not the airport. So (laughs) what this called? Like it's called the jetway. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> you expect you're going to get in, get on the plane, sit there for 30, pre we don't pre-board, you sit there for 30 minutes and then you taxi for 15 minutes. So you're on the plane for 45 minutes, let's say, before your wheels up. <clears throat> Excuse me. What you don't budget for is the pilot saying there's uh, a mechanical issue or some other fucking lie. (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure there's mechanical issues. And I'm glad that airlines 
amazingly have a just about zero fail rate unless they are Boeing airplanes. But you just don't build in the error of an extra hour in the security line, an extra hour on the plane. What's interesting and why I call your attention to the number of times I've talked about flying with a toddler on this podcast in the last six months, let's say, is I feel like half of the trips I've taken with my own toddler have had some bullshit caused by Delta Airlines, which, you know, apparently relative to the other shit airlines is a great airline. But I only fly Delta because I... Uh, I guess I make enough money to, and I live in Atlanta, so it goes everywhere I need to go. But they fuck it up a lot. And I remember talking about it on the podcast, you know, some uh, uh, equipment malfunction, you know, when we were going to Florida or somewhere. I don't know. Are these real problems? They're, they're my problems, okay, dude? <clears throat> Delta, get your shit together, because this time... We sat on the tarmac for two hours before we taxied. Because Delta, this is going to really seem surprising, but Delta did not get us a pilot. <laughs> so the first pilot, or whatever, second virgin, what a first pilot, comes on and says, hey, just FYI, they didn't send someone who can do the job. Even though the jo- I'm sorry, <clears throat> I should go back to the dulcet tones. Even though the job is done by a computer. And we were once great men responsible for lots of souls on board. And now I'm sure there are some times where the pilot is important and relevant on a flight. Anyway, the first mate, first, I don't know what he is. I know it was a dude, and he said, hey, we don't have a pilot, so this is 25 minutes after we've, we're sitting on the ground at the, uh, <clears throat> after everyone's boarded. He says, we have, uh, there's an issue with the pilot, like, <laughs> what's the deal? We don't have one. <laughs> That's more than an issue, dude. But apparently there's a pilot in the airport who's on his way over. And I'm just thinking of Ted Stryker the whole time. <laughs> Running through the airport. And I'm looking around like, where is Elaine? And I, because the first pilot said, there is a pilot who's on his way. He's going to be here in a matter of minutes. And we hopefully, and you can tell with the bullshit words, hopefully we'll be on our way into, after the paperwork is signed in a short while after that. Which is nebulous and doesn't mean anything, and probably is going to frustrate the customer, but at the same time, Delta is trying to do the thing by at least telling us how their greed has fucked us up, because they probably tried to overwork some people. I don't know. You, you've you flown. You know what a miserable fucking experience it is. Even in the best case scenarios, it's pretty fucking miserable. Right? But you know what? It's so efficient and wonderful and gets us across the country in half a day that we generally don't talk about it (laughs) unless we have a podcast and then you have to do what you do 
And what you do is update people on what has been happening. So, the pilot, or whatever, first mate, co-pilot, says there's somebody coming, it'll be okay. And then an, another 45 minutes pass, and nothing's happened. And my daughter is incredibly well-behaved on the plane. She's just sitting there, trying to watch Frozen, trying to, you know, have some goldfish, trying to be a big girl is what she's doing. The first mate comes on, was sitting, again, flying is miserable for an adult. Imagine being three and not being able to express yourself, not having a wealth of experiences under your belt to prepare you for what you are experiencing, to enable you to understand where the goalposts are and how Delta keeps moving the goalposts out further and how you should not become frustrated at that, but you should really expect nothing and anything. And also, you're accustomed to spending 70% of your day sprinting around a house or a school or a yard or jumping off a diving board or going into a pool. You're an active child. Imagine doing that while you cannot truly express yourself. You can't even translate your emotions. You don't even really understand exactly what you feel. You just kind of feel red or you feel black. You feel good. You feel bad. Whatever it is. So my daughter is being terrific on the plane. After an hour and a half, first pilot, first mate, whoever, the person who's made to take the bullet for Delta Airlines gets back on and says, uh, Hey, folks, good news. We, uh, we've found a pilot. And then he says the exact same bullshit that he said an hour ago <clears throat> about there's a pilot in the airplane who's going to fly us. And it's, anyway, it's the machine. It's Delta's greed, that, and, and it's these poor people whose unions have been decimated and who are overworked, standing up there taking all of our bullshit. And at the same time, they have to tell us Delta's nonsensical lie, right? Like, we underpaid the computer software developer who was supposed to do all of our scheduling and as a result, there's a glitch in the software and you don't have a pilot. Or some some such nonsense like that. The the long the long and the short of it is we took a, I'm sorry, I'm going back to my dulcet tones. That enables people to fall asleep while they're listening to the podcast. We took off two hours after we boarded the plane. And the flight from Atlanta to San Diego is four hours. <laughs> so we were on, the three of us, were on the plane for six hours. It's just a lot. It's a lot for an adult. It's a lot for a grown person prepared for the experience. Who can express themselves? Who knows how to mentally prepare to get through the next half hour, right? It's a lot for a three-year-old. And she's getting frustrated as we're about to take off. 
squirming, giving my wife a little bit of shit. And we are sitting, if anybody's curious, we are sitting in a basic economy. We're sitting in we're sitting in economy or basic economy. Is basic worse than economy? You know Delta sucks because <laughs> they have most of their seats do not include the name Comfort. And then they have some that say Comfort. Anyway, so it's just kind of squ- and the way we do it. We're sitting in, in the back. All you need to know is there's a front and the back. And we're sitting in the back. We have my daughter in the window, my, da- my wife in the middle, and I'm on the aisle. <laughs> Episode one, aisle seat. But really, my daughter likes to sit on the window. And that's how we do it. If she sits in the middle, it's more of a battle for both of us because she's trying to play us against each other. Anyway, she's kind of giving my wife the business as we're taking off, getting a little bit of frust- getting a little frustrated. And right as the plane starts rumbling, and we're like, holy fuck, she's been on the plane for two hours. And the wheels are it's starting to really take off. We've been on the plane for two hours. We have four more hours of her being frustrated with us. Once again, the machinery of Ed Bastion and Delta externalizing their problems, making them their flight crew, flight attendants, pilots, and now parents have to deal with the effects of the bullshit they've caused. Does that make sense? Delta has caused the issue, and we are paying the costs, paying the price for it. I think that makes sense. My wife and I are like, holy cow, this is going to be a long goddamn flight. But you know what? We're thinking that, but I never said it. I never was like, oh my God, this is going to be so long. And neither did my wife. I just gave her like a squeeze on the top of the leg, above the knee, boys. Um, On the top of the, what do you call it? Thigh. I guess. She gave her a little squeeze, like, ah, you know, like, all right, we got this. Plane starts rumbling. It hasn't even lifted the nose up. And my wife elbows me and nudges me. I look over, and my daughter is asleep. <laughs> my three year old has fallen asleep on the airplane. I can't believe it. She's asleep. And I'm having a psychosomatic reaction just talking about it. What it does for you. You've heard me talk about it when your child falls asleep, especially an underslept child. Oh, and I didn't I didn't mention the fact that she woke up before we had the flight at four in the morning again, and just stayed up. I didn't tell you that. So she was on like, and went to bed late, so like seven hours sleep for a kid who is supposed to, according to the health experts, sleep like 12 plus hours a day. She was on like seven, seven or eight. So it was not a great day for her to be... (laughs) be uh, put into service going cross country she fell asleep on takeoff and my wife and I were just like 
were different people. We both were exhausted and pin-eyed because we also were more or less up the whole morning since 4 a.m. But it was like, holy shit, this, this is... This is a different reality. This is a new future. It's like if we just got in shape, you know, it was like some sort of if I only quit smoking or I did these significant changes in my life and I don't do, I don't smoke, of course. I almost have 20 years down with no cigarettes. Um, we, we were like, oh my gosh, she's asleep. And you could just fly on an airplane with your kids sleeping, holy fuck, it was incredible, and like our shoulders relaxed, the tension fell away, my wife, I saw her like, she has my daughter leaning against her, her leg inside, I saw my wife's eyes kind of close, and Like I said, it is late in San Diego, but it was also psychosomatic that I just yawned, recalling that tranquility. And my daughter slept on the airplane for one whole hour. Now, normally on a trip to San Diego, that would be 25% of the trip. But this time it was only like 17% of the trip. Because Delta fucked it up by delaying it for two hours. So, all right, I'll, I'll get out of the plane. What is worse? All right, what is worse than uh, having a shitty, <laughs> shitty travel experience? Having someone else tell you about their shitty travel experience. Mine wasn't shitty. My daughter slept for an hour. And you know what woke her up? The flight attendants. Yelling. That's, that's all. Am I blaming them? I'm only blaming them for waking her up. So they came through. They yelled. She got a Biscoff cookie. My wife got a uh, Diet Coke. I had nice water. And we're, we're cruising along. My daughter comes back alive, a little more energized, a little more interested in, huh, there's a lot going on in this plane. Should we take a walk? Should we go potty? And by the way, if I haven't told you before, when your child says they have to go potty, especially if they've been potty trained or are on the other side of, you know, almost on the other side of no accidents potty training, it's the ultimate trump card or bullshit card, reverse card, whatever. Because sometimes she just wants to get up and move around. So she'll just say, I have to go potty. And you're like, no, you don't. But I can't say, no, girl, fuck you, sit back down. So we take a walk back, and everything on the plane is like, this will take 12 to 15 minutes. We'll walk back there, we'll talk to the flight attendant, who, by the way, very quickly wanted to get into a political conversation. And this was the flight attendant that had not been serving us, meaning not the flight attendants who had been treating like a child, saying, bring your chair forward, tuck your shirt in, wear a seatbelt, all that shit. You know, this was the flight attendant where you're like, an hour and a half into the flight or an hour and change in and then all of a sudden there's like a brand new flight attendant who's coming through with a bag to collect trash. Like, where have you been? The answer is first class, I guess. That We know that one flight attendant who just appears 
deep into your trip, like where have you been? But it's clearly they're part of it's clear they're part of some rotation and they're gonna come. No, they have to now shag cups. Anyway, get all the way back to the plane with my daughter. Guys like, where do you live? Like or do you live in San Diego or Atlanta? And I say Atlanta. Where's home? And I'm like, that's near these places. And he's like, oh, it's near that. And he goes, I'm in Druid Hills, and I go to this church. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And he's like, yes, yeah, it's, it's about time we get back to that. And I was like, okay. I don't know what you mean. But he, he's like, yeah, it's like time we get back to that. You know? And he, it was kind of simpler. He, he kind of made it like seem simpler. Which is very unusual for a Delta flight attendant, even though I've told you once about that one flight attendant way back who wanted to like, oh, well, you know, you guys look perfect. We should wash your daughter in the blood of the lamb and all that. This guy did not look like a Delta flight attendant. He looked like a retired Marine lifeguard. Like, what are you doing, dude? He looked 58 years old. Huge dude. Straight or a bear or, or a butch gay dude, uh, but just you know. Anyway, what am I trying to say about this guy? He looked like an ex-military guy. He looked, you know, he looked like a guy who got kicked out of the military, quite frankly, and was pissed about it for another thirty years because he was about to make his goddamn pension number and retire at the age of forty. And anyway. He very quickly wanted to get into talking about religion. Like, well, I just need more of that. And then he said, did you see that shooting the other day at Fogo de Chao? And there was a shooting in, <laughs> I mean, there are shootings in restaurants. There are shootings in Atlanta all the time. And he said, did you see the one in Fogo de Chao? So I didn't see it, but what do you mean? He's like, yeah, there was, uh, you know. Apparently a guy ran in there with a gun and whatever. And I said, well, yeah, you know, it's complicated because I know that the person who was, again, and police killings continue at breakneck pace since George Floyd and we were going to have reform and politicians and corporations like Delta were going to do something about this. (laughs) L-O-F-L. Um, police killings continue to be at an all-time high. A mentally unwell person was at Fogo de Chao, and it got away from him, and he was murdered. Fogo de Chao, where you literally hold up a paddle that's green or red, and I can't imagine European people eat like this. Is that how they eat <laughs> in Innsbruck? Is that how they eat in Siena, Italy? You <laughs> hold up a paddle that says, "Bring me the." If I hold up this paddle that's green, bring me meat until I flip it around and make it red. It's pretty incredible. Pretty American, to say the least. Anyway. This young, I think maybe 21-year-old person was shot by a cop or a security guard or some sort of badge-wearing professional. And the guy in the airplane, the flight attendant, is like, yeah, you know, it's pretty 
pretty wild. And I said, yeah, you know, it's kind of complicated, I think. And he goes, actually, it's kind of simple. Solution's kind of simple. That's what he said. The solution's kind of simple. I was like, yeah, dude, I'm just here with my baby girl, who, of course, is mellowed out in the back while I'm holding her, listening to this maniac talk. Who works for Delta, by the way? <laughs> and my daughter's like, does he have gummy bears? Can we ask, will you ask him for gummy bears? Because they sometimes give her gummy bears. So, the flight generally went well. We listened to this maniac try to, you know, convince us of white superiority. We went into the bathroom. We didn't go pee-pee. I didn't have to go. All right, well, we tried. We walked back down the aisle. We watch Frozen for much longer than we've ever watched it. It gets very complicated. It's hard to follow with no volume. But the dudes look the same to me, and I can't figure out why the two sisters are not talking to each other, Elsa and Anna. But I'm just parenting. I'm modeling. Of course, I would like to be sitting on my laptop writing whatever, in any form or fashion, writing jokes, writing emails, writing journal entry, free writing, whatever it is, <clears throat> I would rather just be sitting there writing that with my daughter two seats over than, you know, watching Frozen probably. But <clears throat> I want to make her part of what I'm doing and also want to show her that, you know, you can just sit here and watch a movie, even though you've already slept for an hour, girl. Good job. So I just plug my headphones into Frozen and then watch it. But I'm, I don't know, it's, it's a lot for me to follow. But then she's next to me, or, you know, she's now sitting in my wife's lap next to me. And she sits and watches Frozen. Again, we're just trying to cheat time, like a prisoner who is sleeping to make his sentence go faster. We are cheating time. I got 15 minutes or 12 minutes at the back of the plane with that white power dude. Now I'm back in the chair. I'm going to do 25 minutes watching Frozen. Look at that. That's 40 minutes of what... It should be 40 minutes of a four-hour flight. Unfortunately, it's 40 minutes of a six-hour flight. But we're knocking down time, right? Watching Frozen. Flight's going well. Girl occasionally gets a little fidgety, as is as we all do. <clears throat> By the way, way back before the plane took off, when they announced, actually, we do have a pilot coming over from another uh, whatever flight. He'll be here in this long, and don't worry, he's a man, and then he's going to sign the paperwork and we'll be ready to go. People on the plane started clapping. And I actually said out loud, no, stop, don't do that. <laughs> and my wife's like, they're just happy we're going. And I was like, yeah, I know, but they're, you know, jerk offs, clapping on a plane. I don't know, there are some people that clap on a plane and other people who don't. No judgment, but I'm not a person who claps on a plane. So the Frozen's, Frozen's going well. Daughter occasionally getting a little like fidgety, antsy. Like I might act up. 
she and my wife had had beef that morning. <laughs> so there was some residue, but my wife, of course, is, you know, angelic about it. And with like an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes left in the flight, probably, do I become aware of, and I've been, you know, I've told you before how I, the seats are, uh, the spaces between the seats are spread out so you can see what the person in front of you is watching. Like I told you that time I watched uh, the gay guys watching Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> and when, I uh, can't remember who was, who was topped. Who was the top? Maybe Heath Ledger was the top? And the, and the gay guy in front of me like slapped his leg like, that's it. Go on and get him. Honk it. Like, he's like cheering a horse coming down the final stretch. Well, I was aware of people watching movies on multiple screens in front of me. Somebody was watching this movie with Matthew McConaughey where he's like looks like a farmer in Iowa, and then he's in outer space with Anne Hathaway. I didn't know what that was all about. And then uh, there was some other movie, the French French movie looked like in subtitles where some girl was talking about she likes a penis soft. Anyway, you're aware of the movies that are happening around you. But after, without like an hour and a half left in the flight, did I notice that a couple of the screens in front of me had that red, like, well, Fox News uses it when it, <laughs> for no reason, as does CNN, the red ribbon of emergency alert, something important is happening on TV. All the networks use it. But it was clear that something was happening because it was on more than one screen. And so I kind of focused up and, looked at the screen in front of me, in, in meaning the row in front of me, the person who's watching it, and it said that uh, 14 people had been killed, killed in an elementary school in Texas. And I, uh, I'm sitting there like with my, my, my daughter sitting on my wife's lap right next to me, and... We're watching Frozen, except I'm now watching that happen. And I kind of nudged my wife, not, not immediately, like, hey, did you see this? But after five minutes or so, I like kind of pointed her, alerted her to it. And then she's shaking her head and kind of in tears. Uh, or, you know, welling up with tears. And... There's nothing to say about it, really. What can you say about a country that... The only country, the only place... Forget about a country. The only place that accepts mass murder of children as routine. Right? modernized country maybe I know there are other countries where children have it rough but a a modernized country that accepts the mass murder of children is routine 
What does accept mean? It means you put up with it. Do you have to like it? No. Is it part of life? Yes. That's what I, that's what I mean when I say accept. And then we move on and we get on with life because we we have to. We have to be even harder and have our shells grow even more impervious to not just bullets, but the psychological, emotional threat and potential damage we would experience if we actually really thought about what it means to live in the world in which we live. A world in which there have already been, I heard someone say, 20 plus shootings in schools. Not school shootings. I'm not saying school shootings like they're variables. I'll just lump them over there with school shootings. More than 20 shootings that have taken place in schools in this location this year. So by definition, it's a country, it's a location, it's a place that accepts that. And that's that's just heavy and a lot to consider, and so you put on a harder shell. Dismiss, don't engage. Not intentionally. It's adaptive. You can't stop it. Like I said, the emotional threat, psychological potential harm from actually embracing that and, and truly appraising it's too great. I'll tell you what else I saw. I saw on that TV screen looping the scenes from a small town in Texas. I saw a whole lot of law enforcement personnel. I saw an incredible amount of armor, seemingly high-tech weaponry, endless amounts of police vehicles and budget and spend and flak jackets and all sorts of shit. I saw a lot of men and a lot of weaponry. And it didn't matter for fuck all. Not a whit. All of that stuff did not matter. And so it was, it was interesting. Here we are with this bouncing little three-year-old. A chaotic, gorgeous soul bouncing up and down, furious to be controlled, also being a soldier sitting there for two hours before takeoff, watching Frozen like, oh my gosh, this is unlike anything she's ever seen in her life. And the real world is just one row ahead of her waiting for her. As she is being 
flown across the country to see her grandmother's, her father's juggling instructor. But her, the way she looked, my wife said, she looks at my mom like my mom is Princess Diana. Like she just stares at her. Just They are so tight and she's so obsessed with her. And we're taking her to that, right? That's why we're flying across the country to see the grandmothers. And to see juggling instructors. <laughs> and it's just a, it was a very interesting juxtaposition of that innocence and the reality right on the other side where, you know, people two years older than her with their abuelas and abuelos and grandparents and abuelitos and all that, all those people had that day in Texas. It was heavy, like I said, heavy. And how did it conclude? It concluded with her kind of kicking in the stall a little bit, wanting to get through, wanting to act up just a little bit. So I took her back to the bathroom one more time, which was great because it's a long walk. It chews up, like I said, 12 minutes of time. And I got back there and I said, girl, let's finish strong, okay? We have one hour left on this flight. I said, the flight started at this time. We sat on the plane for this long. So we've been, we've accomplished this much. We've done five hours thus far. And now we have just one to go. Let's finish strong. She wasn't in the red zone. She was in the green zone. And she got it. And we went back and we sat down. And they did another cart service. And she got a Biscoff cookie. And I had a can of Miller Lite. They didn't charge me for it. Because of the late takeoff. They said, did you uh, did you already get your free one? And Which is such a gangster move. Because that, that would mean like, buddy, you could be drinking all day. And I'm going to give you this one too. But the first time they came around, they didn't have a beer. But it was just like, here we are. This is reality, what's happening in my lap, and my wife's lap. And then there's reality on the other side, of the in the row in front of us in Texas. We're going to finish strong, girl. You have a Biscoff cookie. I'll have two-thirds of a Miller Lite. And we'll just keep going. That's all we, that's all we really can do. Nothing will change until it does, I guess. Nothing will change until we don't accept it. But I know it's very hard to not accept something that becomes so routine. In the end, my daughter did that last hour of that flight like a goddamn champion. And she kept saying, looking up at me with pride in her eyes. And I hope it's not like, hey, Dad, I didn't let you down. And it didn't feel like that way. It didn't feel like that. Of course, I'm trying to 
remember it in a way most conducive to my mental health. But she was, she looked proud. She was like beaming, like, I'm finishing, Dad, I'm finishing strong. Like, fucking A you are. Let's go. That's how we do. We don't give up. We finish strong. We keep on fighting. That's what we do, girl. And she did. She was an angel. An angel straight from heaven all the way down. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. It's been long and exhausting. And I'm so jet-lagged. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you listening. And I really do want you to have a great weekend. I... There's so much fun, hilarious shit that has happened that I'd like to catch you up on. And we'll do that uh, likely for Tuesday's episode. And there are emails that I want to dig back through. And maybe I should just devote a section of the podcast to emails. But more than anything, I appreciate you listening. And hope you have a great weekend. Spend it around your closest or your best. Or at least the people that make you feel good about yourself. And I will talk to you on Tuesday.